Welcome to the Heart of England Speakers Toastmasters podcast. My name is Pierre. I'm the VP for PR for Heart of England Toastmasters, and thank you for joining us. Our club meets every Tuesday, the first and third Tuesday of the month at 7.30 p.m. For all details, please check out our website at heartspeakers.org.uk for all the details. We are bringing you a very special podcast this week. We recorded last week the top three speeches for our club contest, so you'll get to hear the very best of what our club has to offer. As another treat, we also recorded the video of those speeches. If you'd like to see the videos, please go to our website, heartspeakers.org.uk, and click on the YouTube link that will take you to our YouTube page. But now, on to the contest. You'll hear the third, second, and best speech each speech being introduced by our president, Rich, and each contestant will be also interviewed by Callum, one of our members. I hope you enjoyed this speech. Thank you. Please welcome Deb Hawkin with the speech entitled A Perfect Storm. With the speech entitled A Perfect Storm, please welcome Deb Hawkin. Contest chair. Fellow Toastmasters and most welcome guests, I'm here today to tell you of a legend dating back to a time before dates. It concerns two goddesses who were given the guardianship of humanity millions of years ago. Their names are fire and ice. When fire is full of passion and once her mind's made up, all the gods in the heavens won't change it. Ice is as calm as a frozen lake and capable of remaining so until long after hell has frozen over and her enemies with it. Such polar opposites yet so completely compatible, only a fool wouldn't see it. And for millions of years, they didn't see it and they thought the other one was uh, dispensable. The ancients talked of legendary battles with icicles hurtling through the cosmos and thunderbolts and lightning, which was very, very frightening, according to Galileo. But despite their differences, they shared a deep love for humanity. They were enthralled by the variety of cultures on the earth and fascinated by the numbers of amazing, unique individuals. And they asked themselves, why can't humans see how amazing each other are? Whilst, of course, providing the worst possible example. Despite their differences, they nurtured humanity very closely, but they didn't always agree with everything they saw. They weren't impressed by any of the empires. They thought that maybe they had done a little bit of good occasionally. The constant fighting horrified them 
the two world wars nearly broke them, and the way humans speak to each other, they simply saw red. Because everybody hurts sometimes, and everybody knows that isn't nice. The thaw started in their relationship towards the end of the 20th century with the advent of the internet. Deeply suspicious about this from the word go, they trusted no god called web crawler, dogpile, or Google, even if allegedly they did know everything. They watched this thing take over the world, and so concerned were they, they nearly headed for life on Mars. But sadly, they had no known to go to there. Then, Something even more insidious struck at the very core of humanity, spreading faster than anyone could control and quickly infecting millions upon millions of their charges. Filled with fear, Fida finally understood what it felt like to be as cold as ice, and ice was ready to sacrifice everything for love. Together, they would deal with this inexplicable set of circumstances, this perfect storm, if you will. They would save their broken children from this virus. Sorry. Very emotional. <sighs> Called social media. But it wasn't as easy as they thought. How do you deal with friendship without knowing people? with thousands of connections and even more loneliness and isolation. The joy of being able to connect with people all over the world, get into an argument and block them. They just broke their tears, fell in the rivers and on the trees, there were floods, there were fires, and their pain was threatening their precious children. But how could they not be sad? How could they not cry? How could they not be totally baffled by the human approach to technological advancement? They just wanted all the people living in all the world and they knew they were dreamers, but they weren't the only one now, thankfully. The advent of COVID nearly broke them. Saddened beyond belief, mortified and humiliated that even their goddessness couldn't help the situation. They nearly did the masking again. In fact, I said, I've got a bowie knife, let's go out there and build that gnome. But they couldn't leave. And they also realised they couldn't solve this problem alone. So they sent me here today to ask you for your help. You see, they've learned several very important things recently. It is possible to love someone completely different to you. But love is the only emotion worth having. It makes you happy and happiness makes you want to be kind and kindness gives you such a feeling 
of peace. So, having solved the problem of world peace, they would like you to spread this message as far and wide as you possibly can. They want world peace, they want world peace right now, and they are not out of weapons. They have plenty left. You have been warned. But, on a serious note, they believe the children are our future. And they believe that each and every child everywhere in the world deserves a safe, happy, and healthy life. And they want every child to have that opportunity. Contest chair. Uh, Deb. Great uh, speech about the two, two different forces. What, what inspired the speech, Deb? Uh, lunacy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I've, been, I've got three speeches written and I thought I hate them all. And then I woke up one morning and there it was. And strangely, I woke up this morning halfway through just at the Galileo point when I woke up. So I've clearly been rehearsing this damn thing in my mind, but it just it just turned up. As you know, I've always wanted to talk to big audiences about world peace, starting with In Your Own Heart. And I, I just felt that was a much lighter way to do it, not so heavy handed, but I just loved it. I've got no idea, you know, what the end result is, but I like that one. That's fun. It's certainly a really good speech. I really enjoyed it, Deb. Thank you. Your... It was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, I think people are rejoining us. We've just got time for maybe one quick question, which is that I know that you've recently rejoined Toastmasters after a short break. Is there any um, any advice you give to anyone thinking about joining Toastmasters? Yes, don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it at all, but thinking of joining Toastmasters, it's probably about the best thing you can ever do. You will meet thinkers, you'll meet compassion, it's inclusive. There is nothing about Toastmasters I don't love. And everyone should be a Toastmaster. It ought to be law. That and a black belt. That was a fantastic speech by Deb. And now we move on to the next speech. I would like you all to please welcome Luke Bertwistle with a speech entitled, Taking the Steering Wheel. Taking the Steering Wheel, Luke Bertwistle. Do you ever feel you're not in control of your own life? That your life isn't going the way that you want it to go? That someone else has the steering wheel? Contest chair, pillow communicators. I have spent far too much of my life in the passenger seat feeling like the car that my life was being driven by another being whom I shall call Steve. Steve would take me down roads that I didn't want to go down. He'd fail to stop and let me appreciate amazing views and would perform three point turns at the first sight of an obstacle. I felt like shouting to Steve, turn left, not right, stop and carry on through that obstacle, but something was stopping me. I felt 
like reaching over and taking the steering wheel. But something was stopping me. In October 2017, I finally had enough of being a passenger. I had had enough of missing out on wonderful opportunities. I'd had enough of turning around at the first sight of an obstacle. So I decided to overpower Steve and take the steering wheel of my own life. For as long as I can remember, I have had a stutter. And guess what? I still do. And it dictated my life for far too long. It would stop me asking out the pretty girl in the bar. Our eyes would meet. I'd give her a smile. She'd give me a wink. Or at least I thought it was a wink. She might have had some dust in the eye or something. Who knows? I'd go over to ask her if she'd like to, to join me for a white wine spritzer. Struggling to get, to get the words out, Steve the stutter would see this obstacle in our path, take off the handbrake, perform a rapid three-point turn and quickly drive away from the pretty girl. With me helplessly watching her in the wind of her, getting further and further and further away until I was back in the comfort of the gaggle of my mates where we'd laughed the whole experience off while on the inside I was doing anything but laughing. Steve also did his best to stop me pursuing the, the career that I wanted to do. I've always wanted to work in a job supporting people but obviously that would involve a lot of talking. Steve, therefore, was like, No, don't think so, Luke. Far too many bumps down that road. But, but can't we at least try, Steve? No point. Plus, I'm pretty sure it's a dead end, too. And with that, Steve, Steve took us down the safe less exciting road and I started doing jobs that I had knowing that I had no passion for but where I could sit behind a computer all day and talk as little as possible. I would spend my days daydreaming about the more exciting road and where it could have taken me. In 2017 being defeated and resigned to having Steve drive me around for the rest of my life. I was scrolling through the internet one day for my minimally dull office job when I came across an advert for the Maguire programme. About to scroll past it, something caught my eye. Beyond stuttering, I clicked on the advert, attended my first course a few months later, and the rest, as they say, is history. However, it's, it's not just history, it's my present and my future as well. It's fair to say 
at the Maguire programme changed my life and was a catalyst for me standing in front of you today. Following my first Maguire course and having the confidence to stand up to Steve, I started to move, to move across from the passenger seat into the driving seat. Is it an easy transition? No, far from it. And to tell you the truth, I spent quite a while stuck between the two seats, perched rather painfully on the gear stick, while me and Steve would, would grapple for the, for the steering wheel. Get off, Steve. It's my wheel now. Don't think so, Luke. This grapple con continued for quite some time. But I'm pleased to stand before you today, having usurped Steve from the driving seat. I am now driving down the road that I want to go down. I'm working in a job that I absolutely love, supporting vulnerable individuals to recover from drug addictions. And I'm not being put off by obstacles that I see in my path. If I stutter, while asking a girl to join me for a white wine spritzer, I don't let it deter me from um, being politely turned down. Steve the stutter will always be a part of my life, but he's now a backseat driver who I can politely ignore while remaining firmly in control of the steering wheel. Whatever you're dealing with in life, I urge you to take the steering wheel. Contest chair. Luke, are you there? I am here. I am here. Uh, Jonathan Ross, hiya. <laughs> okay, well, I think, from mm. my knowledge, this is your first contest that you've entered. Is that right? It is, yeah. My yeah. very first contest. Excellent. What inspired you to enter a contest then? Um, I think I just fancied the challenge really. Um, I thought I'd push out my comfort zone and just go for it. Yeah. You you glad you did it? Did it, was it what you expected? Yeah, definitely. It was. I think it was obviously more nerve wracking than normal than their normal speech, but <laughs> I can see a few nods <laughs> nods there. Um, but no, I'm very glad that I did it and it's something to feel proud of that I pushed out my comfort zone to get there. So no, really pleased. Actually, I, it's not for me to decide, but I thought you did really well. I was, I was actually really proud of you. You know, saw you join the club. Um, I don't know, it was a little while ago now. <laughs> and just seeing you, um, you know, going for it tonight, I was like, ah, oh, this is just fantastic. It's a big <laughs> thumbs up for me. Well done. Oh, thanks, mate. Thanks. It sounded like that it was sort of October 17 that you started the Maguire programme. So that was sort of maybe three and a half years ago. Where do you think that you'll be in three and a half years? Sounds like you're you're really snowballing now and um, life's changing for you. Yeah, yeah, def yeah definitely. Definitely now living, living the life that I want to live, which is, which is, really, which is really good. And three and a half years from, from now, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Just 
just carry on pushing out my comfort zone and and as I say, going down the roads that I want to go down. <laughs> yeah, I love the analogy about the steer rail. It's great. It's great. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. That was a great speech by Luke. And if you remember, Luke was a first guest on our first podcast ever. He had a great story to tell us last time. And he made it all the way to second place. So congratulations to Luke. The top two speakers will make it all the way to the area final that will happen on April 10th. So both Luke and our winner, Abby, will represent our club on April 10th. So congrats to Luke. And now let's listen to the winner, Abby. Please welcome Abby Brinklow with the speech entitled Crack Yourself Open. Crack Yourself Open. Please welcome Abby Brinklow. Contest Chair, fellow Toastmasters, welcome guests. And most importantly, a big warm welcome to my lovely little camera, aka the Abby Cam. Now, me and the Abicam have had an interesting relationship over these past few years. We've not always seen eye to eye. And over this past year, our relationship has been pretty intense. Looking down that deep, dark hole, it often feels like a one-way relationship. I just don't get anything back from it, just like I'm speaking to myself, standing here in the silence, occasionally wondering whether my microphone or Wi-Fi is messed up. Let's just say this silence, it can be pretty lonely at times. Connect with your audience. Isn't that what we're trying to do here in Toastmasters? Connect with the audience and adapt as necessary to maintain engagement. Or at least that's what my pathway says. But not only in public speaking, we're expected to connect with our families, friends, work colleagues, pets, on this stage that we call Zoom. Doesn't it feel like that right now? standing in front of this lens, playing the star role in the movie of our lives. But how do I connect with you all when I'm just looking at this little dot in front of you? I can't see your beautiful faces. I can't hear your voices and your laughter. I hope. I may need to start working on my telepathy skills a bit more often. Talking to the silence of a camera may not be the most riveting way to connect with an audience, but this silence and this little dot in front of me has enabled me to connect with myself a whole lot deeper. To get comfortable on my own skin and to be um, constantly looking at myself all the time. A good hair day, a bad hair day. Uh, to be more focused and present. And um, to not get so distracted. To get used to my own voice. La 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 la. And, you know, occasionally making up voices. 
Hello, is it time for the teddy bear picnic? Yeah, I'm so hungry! Alright guys, I'll be down by an hour. You got it? Yeah, I got it. Yippee! Let's just say, this solitude way of speaking has enabled me to just shift and to just let go, to surrender, to reconnect with my inner playful child. But more importantly, to reconnect with my authentic self. Authenticity. That is where our brilliance lies. Letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we really are without judgment. An audience will connect with you a whole lot deeper if you have a deeper connection with yourself. Use this not as a personal development opportunity, but as a personal disruption opportunity. Crack yourself open and dig deeper. Ask questions, be curious. Peel away those layers, bend the rules, mold it for you, and do what makes your heart sing. Now you might be wondering, all right, Abby, yeah, but how do you do that? Or it sounds a bit complicated or even a bit scary. But I like to think of it as pretty simple. Just get out of your head and into your heart, your body, your inner being, your gut's instinct, your higher self, whatever you want to call it. Sit still and listen. Listen to the guidance that is available to you. In stillness, we receive. Feel the inspiration and creativity that ignites up from within inside of you. Unveil the wisdom and insight that you already have. Come home to yourself. And yes, this might require you to say hello to yourself a little bit more often, but wouldn't you agree? This is the perfect time to do it right now. Whatever lights you up will light up your audience. Even if you've made a few mistakes, you've fumbled over your words, you've forgotten a few things, if you're speaking from your truth, from your authentic self, I guarantee you, your audience will connect with you and they will feel you. And when you live life like this, from your authentic self, Life becomes a lot more free and a lot more fun. <laughs> Walk down your own path. Walk down your own pathway. Hey, hey. My message to you is loud and clear. Crack yourself open. Peel away those layers. Listen to your heart and let your authentic brilliance shine and connect with the people around you. Contest chair. Abby's up next. Here's a speech about crack yourself open. Abby, what inspired your speech? What inspired my speech? Yeah. In fact, it's a bit of a paradox because this speech is about really cracking myself open. And 
I actually, the process that I was trying to communicate to people about just going deeper, like why, what is the point of the speech? Because we go through our pathway and it tells us to do this and that. I'm like, all right then. And you can just do that and tick off all the boxes um, because it tells you to. But I, I love to question things. I'm like, what is my intention? Why am I actually doing this? What is the point in this? And that's where the inspiration came to just, why don't I just talk, why don't I just write a speech about that in of itself? Um, and it all developed from connecting with the audience, uh, one of my pathway projects. And obviously in this Zoom environment, the, the things that it brought forward, it was like, you've got to adapt accordingly to, to the audience. Well, I can't see any of you, I can't hear, like, how am I going to do this? And I could have put loads of blocks up and think, well, I can't do this because it's on Zoom and just blag it a little bit. But I felt like I just wanted to pivot and um, go deeper. And it's part of my own self-development too. It's something that I really, um, I, I, it's something, it's, it's kind of like my passion just to kind of dig deeper in myself anyway. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, it does. I don't know what you mean. It's sort of, you get kind of lost in the, the moment and, you can't see the wood for the trees sometimes along your pathway. I know what you mean. Okay, very quickly then, do you think then that Zoom has helped people to become more authentic? Do you think the whole pandemic and life now on Zoom for, for hopefully temporary, is, do you think that's making people more authentic? I do honestly think, I can't, I can't do a sweeping generalisation. Um, I feel like a lot of people are leaning towards that and it's really disrupting people people need disruption they need to get out of their comfort zone and this is what toastmasters is all about anyway disruption um but uh, most people a lot of people in this world they don't like going out of the comfort zone and uh, doing things differently it's uncomfortable right and um unfortunately mother nature's hit back and it it's disrupted the whole world and i think it's something that's very much needed and I think this isolation and different way of living at the moment, which I think is such a short period of time when you look at it as a whole lifespan, it's only a short period of time. Um, I definitely think that a lot of people, may not be for everyone, but a lot of people I think has really cracked them, cracked a little bit open and people have had to dig deeper a little bit more into themselves. And I think that's what Mother Earth sort of wanted us to, to do with humanity, to, to just dig a little bit deeper in ourselves a bit more. Definitely. It's definitely changed, isn't it, for the, for the better or for the worse, but hopefully for the better. And that does it for this edition of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Once again, Heart Speakers, we meet every first and third Tuesday of the month. For all details, please go to our website, heartspeakers.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Our next podcast, we will broadcast the evaluation contest. So please stay tuned until the next time. Bye-bye.